0: From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast.
1: I keep looking for something, even though I know that it's not there. Every time I try to figure it out, you're the only thing I can
2: think about.
0: It's Tuesday,
3: May 21st, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, hanging on by a thread, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Cat Cougholds. What's up, everybody? And from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs.
4: Good morning, gents.
3: We are happy to be with you guys today at... Jesse and I last night, late last night, returned from our annual trek in Montana. That's right. And I'm telling you, we barely made this one back. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah, it, yeah. It was, you guys no, were you looking can't be more barely than last year pictures. when you almost
4: got eaten by a by an animal that was chasing you.
1: Oh, that's true. I, well, Jesse, you had another animal run in this time. I had oh, a terrifying what? one. So I went for a run with a couple of guys, like a jog. And like we Down would, the mountain, I Veronica. didn't join them. We, 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 I was we, reading a book. Yeah, we, we, were, we, were, we said, hey, drop us off at the top of this mountain, like five miles away, and we'll run back to the lodge, right, where we're staying. But in order to run back through the lodge, we have to run through this little town that is basically a gauntlet of stray, wild, very mean dogs. And <laughs> so <laughs> with us, we had one can of, of, of pepper spray, just in case... Just in case it comes to that, which no one wants to pepper spray anybody, especially a dog like that would just be a horrible thing to do. But we get to the bottom of the hill where we've just run four miles down this hill and we are like popping our necks. We're coming up with a game plan to John Wickett through the gauntlet of wild dogs and
4: <laughs> wait 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 sorry so am i imagining i need you to theater the minds yes. me for a second am yeah. i imagining a, like a ghost town no, no, run no, no, by no, dogs no no
3: no 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 it's a it's just a regular little town mm-hmm. where there's like a general store and a little church and a couple of kind of diners and that's it there's not 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 and then downtown just a it's like dirt bunch roads of dogs. no 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 it's like dirt roads and stuff there's like three buildings and that's your town okay Yeah. and then okay. you go from that little area to the house the lodge where we stay it's just a two-lane country road. Yeah. And every once in a while, there might be a home. But the the, the fencing is more for, like, horses. So it's like some yeah. barbed wire fencing with big gaps It's, and like, stuff. theoretical.
5: Okay. It's, like, suggestion fencing for a yes. dog. Okay. Right, right, right. Dog, so, like, yeah. a dog,
3: no problem. There's no fences, basically. Well, these no. And these... Okay. And these families like live out in the middle of nowhere. So you have big outdoor dogs and they're just kind of hanging okay. out outside all the time. Well, not only I that was
4: picturing that painting of all the dogs playing poker. Yeah. I was picturing that story. No, You're no, no, running no. through that kind <laughs> of no, town. No, no,
1: these dogs <laughs> okay. are, are sociopaths. An old timey West no, no saloons. There was the, no okay. Saloons. Yeah. I
4: was picturing a saloon full of dogs playing poker. The, but now I'm with
1: you. These dogs are sociopaths and I'm they like jumping it. through a barbed wire fence. They love it. They jump. Their their hobbies. These dogs' harby, hobbies are jumping through electrical fences, getting scraped purposely on barbed wire, and mauling people to death. Those are what these <laughs> no. dogs like that's, to that's do. What they do for fun. Though yeah. they've
4: never done, they've never mauled anyone previously. You just know. No,
1: no. There's been lots of dog bites, and that's why they 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 say if you oh. go down the mountain, you got to have pepper spray with you because really? these dogs. Yes, and so. We come up to the first. There was a group so of, four of us. Why did you volunteer to do this? Just out of curiosity, just health, like health and know, wellness. Knowing, knowing that. Okay, fair. But it's Can't for the adventure. You right? fair.
4: Yeah. Like, okay, fair.
1: Can I? All right, here I'll say this. When we you got down so quickly, Chan. When we got down the mountain and we we're like preparing to to go through town, and we knew that there was all these dogs just everywhere waiting for us. I'll say this: we, we like we were kind of joking around, like this is going to be kind of exciting, trying to escape, trying to run the dog gauntlet, <laughs> you know. The first big black pit bull we see that starts growling <gasps> at us, that's when it's not fun anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. when it's like, OK, this was a mistake. So we, we actually <laughs> we bundle up real tight together, all four of us walking as one large human in the eyes of the pit bull. He, we, one of the guys <laughs> stares him down and he holds up the pepper spray. You can tell this, this is that, that not that pit bull's first tango with the pepper spray. Like he backed down, he backed down. We're like, okay guys, we're fine. We're fine. Suddenly we realized why that dog backed down because we had crossed out of his territory into another dog's no. territory. So no. we, we, we had gone through probably four or five dogs at this point and used various strategies to convince those Jeez. dogs not to attack us. But it's like the end of a level of Super Mario Brothers where you come to boss dog at the end. <laughs> okay. No dog wanted to cross into boss dog's territory. This is how we know we're in trouble, Annie. And I swear this is true. We're we're sitting there and the dog is barking and growling at us and there's like there's a lot of horses everywhere. The dog jumps up and bites a horse. Like oh, just to right show in front off. Of you? What? The dog bit a horse Jesse as he's like staring at us just to show like, I ain't scared of you guys. Watch, like, watch me bite something. I'm going to bite something. That's 10 times as big as me. And he bit the horse right in the belly. And the horse is like looking <gasps> at us, like, thanks a lot guys. Thanks <laughs> for challenging <laughs> him. <laughs> so, so thank God. One of at that point, one of the guides that, that uh, uh, we had been, that had been, you know, working at the, at the lodge, drove by in a pickup truck. We jumped in the back, got out of there. They said that later. That kid said later that when he drove back by the dog, the dog tried to attack the truck. The dog would try to. The dog literally wanted Jeez. to fight an automobile after biting a horse.
4: I don't understand. Why do people want That's to wild. own a dog like that?
2: Because, because they, want they want to own a a farm. Farm. The
1: land. It's wild yeah. country out there. But but Cameron, Yikes. I feel like that wasn't the Poor only horses. brush with death that we had. No,
3: no, 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 not even close. The main brush with death came on the last day This is always the weirdest the trip. trip you'll go on and and we had had a very chill few days i'll just yeah. say it was the the 3 days before we got to montana it was like 80 degrees and when we got there the high was in the 30s. It was rainy. There was thunderstorms. Yeah. It was snowing one day. We were. I was not packed for this. So I didn't go out on. I didn't do a lot outside. Quick I question. I out by the sorry fire. To,
5: sorry to interrupt. Would there yeah. have been any way to find out the weather there? Or is it just, <laughs> is this a special place where it doesn't not that work? part of the country. Dopplers. Dude, there's no this, Dopplers this out there. This ain't okay.
3: Billings. I mean, Billings is your next
1: day. That's they two hours know. away. They don't know. This there. is the Plains. It changes it, it day by day. They, 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 Eddie, you know how they judge how the weather's <laughs> going to be tomorrow. Right. <laughs> it yeah. is. So this is how they judge the weather out there, Eddie. They judge yeah. how irritable the dogs are. If if it's if it's, <laughs> if, if it's if the horse gets bit by the dog three times that day, it's probably going to be cold Guess tomorrow. Not. They know. They know. Yeah. They they go yeah. ahead and preemptively start biting horses out there, and you're like, oh, bundle up tomorrow. <laughs> the dogs are biting horses again. So, <laughs> I hate anyway, that but story. the last day it got it got
3: nicer out, and we thought, you know, we need to culminate. It was a great. Great trip, great guys, a lot of connection, a lot of rest. It was just yeah. so much fun. But we wanted to culminate. Just and I wanted to take it up a notch. Yeah. And so they had gone the previous year. They had gone and found this kind of like shady fireworks place about an hour this. away. I and so was I somewhere. was like, we gotta. I brought cash. We've gotta go. And so we got we filled up the truck with some guys, and we drive an hour. To go yeah. to this fireworks place, which we checked on the internet was open. It was yeah. Sunday. It was going to oh, open Eddie, till he 8. did
4: check on the internet. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It
5: was buried beneath a bunch of recent news stories about some nefarious activities that happened there. But yeah, did, it's open. okay. <laughs> this,
1: this is a place for people that don't know. I know. We know for a fact has a dungeon underneath where they right. make homemade fireworks. Like we, yes. we already know that fact. And that's why we drove an hour to there. We arrive at 430 and the gates closed. Oh and, no!
3: And yeah. and it has a handwritten sign on it with a
5: phone number, and so <laughs> blew our, off my arm. Come by the, guy,
1: but, the but guy, but guy who Cameron, drove, Can I preface about what that phone number said? It said shed questions colon, and then it had a phone number because I think they're questions. also running a shed business. Well, yeah, there were sheds. Oh. They had
3: sheds for sale in the parking lot, and then they had their fireworks stand. And good sheds, whether though. You want, it said sheds question mark fireworks question mark Here's the phone number. So we call it. And 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 a guy answered who sounded elderly. And uh, we said we're here and he goes, "Are you at the gate?" And he said we said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, my son must have closed up early." And then he and he you could tell he was kind of thinking, "What do I do?" So he said, "Do y'all want to buy a lot of fireworks?" And we're like, "Yes." Like it'll be worth your while. That's what he was trying to assess. Would it be worth my while to come back? And he goes, "All right. Well, here let me tell you what to do. Go back over the overpass back toward Harden. And what you're going to do is you're going to see an old man on the side of the road wearing a red uh, hat. That's me. No. Come pick me up. <laughs> That's his direction. And so we drive back man into and red Hat, and <laughs> we come up on a guy wearing a red Donald <laughs> Trump 16 hat. Had to be. That's like a country music and, song. And oh, like he was like 90 years old. Hat. He said, he, we pull up. He said, well, I was just out for my Sunday walk. There's no sidewalks, mind you. This is a country <laughs> highway. He's just in the middle of the road by himself. And he's out for a Sunday walk. He, he then, we then proceeded to pick him up and he said he needed us to take him to his house to get the keys. And so that's what we did. And then I jumped in the back of the truck and Jesse
1: rode with him. Yeah. So we, we drive to this old man's house. Oh, you jumped house. in
4: like the cab or the bed yeah. of the truck. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. To make room oh, for wow. Clarence. His name was Clarence. Yeah. And as soon as we picked up Clarence to go to his house, I jumped out of the truck and I said, guys, please let me handle Clarence. And I jumped out and I gave him, I looked him in the eye and I gave him a $20 bill right there. I said, Clarence, we're here for real business today. We want the good stuff. He slipped it in his pocket and started laughing. He's like, oh, I'll take care of you. So we we were leaving his house and it's, so Cameron and like, it was you and Phil in the back, right, Cameron? Yeah. And then you so, and Prop and Odd Thomas in the truck. Yeah. So we're in the truck with him. And he starts regaling us in like one of the guys is the, like the, the guy driving the truck like our guide is wearing like a, a a South Carolina like Gamecocks hat. So the apparently this guy had a lot of relatives that hailed from South Carolina and he starts telling us about all the war veterans in his family and, and uh-huh. how they've heroically served the country. He then looked at prop and he goes, now here's the bad part. Oh boy. Some of them were fighting for the South. Yeah. <laughs> he's, oh, like, my God. he's like, <laughs> oh, you know, prop. he's like, you know, he's like, a couple of them got beat by Grant and ended up going to prison down there. And remind you, he's talking about the civil war here. That's Yikes. how old this guy is. Yeah. That he literally <laughs> had relatives that he knows that fought in the civil war. Ironically for the South prop was a pretty good sport about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Was he?
5: Yeah.
1: So we get, so so we get back
3: to the, to the fireworks place and we go in there, he's turning on the lights and everything. And we go in and we immediately go, do you got got any illegal stuff? And he goes, well, we got some stuff we make here and (laughs) we keep it behind the counter. And he pulls out this Ziploc bag of handmade what look <sighs> like bombs. Okay. And we go, what do those yeah. do? He goes, well, they're Tannerite. And if it
5: looks like a bomb and it does explode and it's right. homemade.
3: And he goes, well, you want to see it here? I'll demo <laughs> you one. And come out with me. And so he takes this Tannerite bomb.
5: He's 90 years old. He's shaky hands. At this point, propaganda is just walking down the road towards home.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so we just go out. We're standing right in front of the door. In front of there's a sidewalk right there. And we're just there and we're waiting to go. Where are we going to go out in the field? Whatever. He's standing right there next to us lights it in his hand and rolls it about six feet away from us just so we can see the explosion and it was like like this concussive like explosion right there (laughs) so then we go back in and jesse looks and then jesse (laughs) looks a nice weekend together (laughs) jesse looks him dead in the eye and he goes where's the good stuff and he kind of looked he literally looked to his left and his right like i don't know if i should tell him and he goes well that stuff's downstairs and he goes down and turns on the dungeon lights. And sure enough, did y'all tell is, him you'd
4: already been down there? No. The year before? No, no. no.
3: no. And he's giving us a tour of the stuff that shouldn't have gotten through customs. He's oh, like, this is the gosh. stuff that was overpacked, and most of the stuff gets rejected at customs, but this stuff slipped through. So, on one hand, it's illegal, but on the other hand, it got through customs. So, it's kind of legal. And that's what he's telling us. So, he's telling us a tour of it all. And then, and he goes and he points <laughs> oh, to this one. Thing and he goes, This right here, these are three times more powerful than what we just did and these right here are two times And Jesse of course is egging him on. Can we see the three time one? Can we see the three time? All, right, and- all right,
5: all right. And Cameron, I, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but the idea that getting something through customs is the, is, is the basis of legality. Like, all right, well, right. I've got a dozen throwing stars through. So yeah, it's legal now. I can, I can do <laughs> right. that. It's it just it like, amazing. Side.
3: So then we go back outside and he's got this three times more powerful thing. Again, he's 90 years old. And, and we go stand where we were standing the first time and he goes, well, we got to move away from these. Those glass doors right there. Last time I did this, I've blown those out three times. And we're like, oh, okay, after one time blowing it out, how do you blow it out the second and third time? Right. Anyway, so we go around the side of the building and that's where Jesse
1: starts getting really concerned. I, I am because this man cannot move very fast. He looks like he's tangoed with his share of dogs in his day and they've <laughs> taken the toll on the poor guy. He, 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 he starts to light one he goes, I think this one might be broken, but let's try it. He does it, he lights it, he puts it on the ground and he starts like hobbling away. Cameron and the guys are like uh, uh, not a safe distance because there is no safe distance with these types of explosives. But right. at a distance where I'm like, I might have to jump on Clarence here, like in a war movie, like a guy like jumping on top of someone for shrapnel. I'm not going to we're not going to let this old man die right here for us today. You know, he 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 he, he interrupt his Sunday morning walk for this. That thing. <laughs> he <laughs> he set it off wrong, and it came like my back is turned, running away from where the uh, explosion's supposed to be. It comes blasting over my shoulder and hits what appears to be a fuel container in the parking uh, lot on the other side of the parking what? lot. It went with shoo, shoo, shoo,
3: and just flew off and hit like where the cars were, and it turned out to be a water container, and it de- didn't detonate. So then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't detonate. Let me go get another one. And so he'll go gets another one, and the stick's broken off of it. So he just figured he'd turn it upside down and stick it in the ground. like, And, and he goes and lights it. And then Jesse is literally like, hey, Clarence, I'll, I'll light it for you. You know, whatever, because he's over there hobbling, got a shaky hand and stuff. And there's like, there it's not even ground or anything. So Jesse's <laughs> trying to help him, and Clarence lights it, and they hobble away. And I'm telling you, this thing was a bomb dirt and mud was flung a hundred feet in the air. It was unbelievable. It was like a war movie effect. It was incredible.
1: Yeah. It was like saving private Ryan when like the grenades are going off on the beaches of Normandy. It was great. Like we, we are sitting there and a half of us are like, you know what? We drove an hour to get here. I'm willing to take my chances with uh, you know, walking through yeah. the night through dogs yeah. to try to try to avoid getting my hand blown off here. Yeah. But but listen, we're not gonna be rude to the guy. I well, slipped him twenty bucks. He's doing this for to give and, us a show. And yeah. no one came. There was no
5: police, no one. No, I mean, of course you not. you think about in the There's normal no world, if I set off uh-huh. a bomb in my yard, it would be news. It would be a whole thing. <laughs> oh, no, there it's Montana. It's just it the dogs don't even stop jumping through the fence. Everything yeah. goes on old man whatever his name is is setting off a bomb Clarence, Clarence. and so then we,
3: we bought hundreds of dollars of stuff and and, and he kept going he was so excited about the sale he kept finding damaged stuff behind the counter and he's like hey oh you want gosh. this and i asked him well, I was like well, what does that do he goes i don't know you'll find out and i was like okay <gasps> you know that kind of stuff so <laughs> it sounds like a great idea. it was like it was amazing so we just had all this fireworks and we drive back to the to the lodge and we just roll up triumphantly showing everybody the the fireworks and we had a fireworks party that night Like it was nuts. Well, sure enough, with one of the big boxes, it's supposed to be like there's a wick and you are a fuse and you light the one fuse and it just, you know, it'll have like 20 different things and it'll shoot up in the sky and it's like a whole show by itself in this one box. Well, the one of the damaged ones was missing the fuse. So we were trying to figure out how to get this box lit. Oh gosh. So we decided to just light a big old fire and then throw the box on top of it, yeah, which was a right. great idea. And those things are just shooting everywhere. I shot a firework off that didn't go up very high and then exploded and shot into the house. It was great. We're running around for our lives. We're jumping through the flames. It was an incredible experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, people are looking at the boxes of clearly, you know, fireworks that have been been imported from all over, you know, yeah, the, uh, all over, uh, you know, the list of banned countries. And... At one point, someone pulls out a Ziploc bag, like someone pulls out the Ziploc bag that has like little sticks of dynamite in it. He goes, where, what, what kind are these? He was like, Oh, that's the kind they make there. And so, like, they, they, he basically gave us fireworks in the same type of transaction you would, I would assume you would do for a drug deal, just wow. Ziploc bags of like loosely handled, you know, sticks of dynamite and just flecks of gunpowder everywhere. But wonderful. <laughs> you know, Clarence knew what he was talking Were about. Were they pretty? Like when oh, yeah. they shot this guy oh, they gorgeous. pretty? it
3: gorgeous. It would have been like a an Annie F. Downs birthday party type fireworks extravaganza. Yes. It was yeah. It was incredible. Lots of colors. Incredible colors. Oh, Lots of different so variety cool. and you know. And it was it was great.
4: And I bet when out in Montana where there's like not an, anything else in the horizon, it is just like so extravagant to see them go up.
3: Especially when they're kind of faulty and misfire and shoot yeah. off into the house. Yeah. It's really beautiful. <laughs> I've been chased
4: by a firework before. I've had to dive out of the way of a firework yeah. before. Oh, I got
3: chased. I went to light a, one of the Clarence ones, one of the big ones on a stick. And it's supposed to shoot up in the sky and then explode. <laughs> one and, of the Clarence and, ones. <laughs> and I put it and I put it in some gravel uh, loosely. And as I lit it, it fell back it and pointed directly right. at me. Lit. Mm-hmm. And I just started running for my life, screaming yep. back at the house. I'm like
1: just running back for everybody, everybody scattering and stuff because that thing came right for us. But, yep. you know. You know, yeah, that's that my. Nice. Yeah, do. hey, well. I don't know if the objectives was really beauty. I don't think that's what Clarence <laughs> going for.
4: No, no, no. I, I, I just want to know if that was a, a secondary a secondary advantage oh, to after, you building a fire and throwing fireworks into it. After we were
3: like lit, after we had lit and saw the pretty ones and stuff, then all of a sudden we bought so many. People started like zip-tying and duct taping fireworks together oh, and yeah. like making mega explosions and stuff. That was a lot of fun. My, I, I would say 100% like my,
5: my life hack for a 4th of July is buy, you know, the big boxes that you, you can find yeah. in the store that you like yeah. always wanted as a kid. Yeah. Like yeah. The, buy the combo
4: that. pack. It's like a yeah. bunch of different ones and they're vacuum sealed.
5: Lay it on the ground and set the box on fire and see what happens. We wow. do it every year and it is absolutely terribly dangerous and <laughs> it is so fun. Is it legal to buy fireworks in Florida? you know what that's an interesting Greer. question Greer yeah area. we yes it is you can buy some fireworks in florida but they're lame you really got to head up north to get the good stuff you got yeah, to head the clarence's really
4: yeah, I, yeah, yeah yeah clarence you, is the one
5: it's and you can get it all through customs no problem <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like clarence was almost like clint eastwood and the mule you know, like the, no one would suspect that this old man is the country's right. most prolific illegal fireworks smuggler, That's but right, somehow right. he had a basement wall to wall with them.
5: You <laughs> Except know? that everyone would expect that. It's either, <laughs> it's one or the other. We definitely got
3: the, the impression that his son is the mastermind and the ringleader of this thing. And Clarence is just, maybe Clarence started it 50 yes. years ago, but his son has taken it to another level. And Clarence yeah. isn't quite sure all that they have.
1: You know, yeah. yeah. At some point, his son made the decision to dig out the bottom and create a firework lab like Dust did for Walt White you know yeah. like under under the laundry mat is where the real business happens that's how this <laughs> firework stand is like you know the you know you can get the sparklers and the and the poppers upstairs yeah. you you, you want to get the military grade stuff you got to be willing to go down to the dungeon and not everyone yeah. who's gone down there has come back i mean there was the one bathroom. other customer there while we were there
3: and he got you know 40 bucks of stuff for his kids and stuff he did, Clarence didn't clareston tell him about downstairs i mean this is a no, special no. access situation
4: so once y'all opened it up someone else stopped by to shop.
3: Yeah. I was yeah. like, hey, look for Clarence. Look at-, at Clarence. We got him more business.
1: Yeah. And Clarence kind of gave us a look like, play it cool, guys. Play it cool. Right. Like, don't let that, you know, like.
3: Uh, well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, we talked to the Japanese house. Uh, Tyler Huckabee is going to join us to tell us about this conversation with Amber Bain uh, about how uh, she overcame personal struggles. And that led to the creation of her acclaimed debut album. It's called Good at Falling. Well, with that, let's move the show along. Stay tuned up next. Be slices. To Yeba. the song is Evergreen. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard our guest today, the Japanese House, with Maybe You're the Reason. Well, today's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries, a healthcare-sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. It's the time of year that people start planning vacations and getting outside more. That means wherever you go, whatever you're doing, everyone wants the comfort of knowing help is there if something goes wrong. If your current healthcare option has gotten out of hand with crazy prices and difficult network restrictions, why not ditch it for actual healthcare with Samaritan Ministries, a growing community of Christians that send financial gifts and pray for one another throughout medical needs. In this way, Samaritan members care for the whole person, physically, spiritually, and financially. Plus, there's no restrictions at Samaritan Ministries as to when you can join or even which doctors you can see after you join. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be part of this ministry, helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. Awesome organization. Okay,
1: it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, guess what, guys? We got a twofer, and I don't care. You, you can, you can. You, can. <laughs> you can. know when Love. I. Your, oh, go ahead, Eddie.
5: You know when I realized that you were always going to have a twofer? When I looked for the first time in my life at, apparently, the like the relevant podcast has a lovely store of merchandise. Right. <laughs> and there's a mug that says we've got a twofer. I thought, oh, I see. Uh, I just put He, that up he up said on it Thursday. so much, it's become a mug. It's, yeah. We've merchandise. Uh,
4: my like, favorite this week was someone on Twitter said, Quoted Jesus saying, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, I've got a two for
1: her. <laughs> <laughs> that was You know, I'll be, qu- I'll be quoted by, you know, the big man. I don't care. It's, it's true. It's there's wisdom. wisdom. There's, there's a method to my madness because these are equally fascinating oh, yeah. items no to doubt. talk about. I'm sure. um, Eddie, do you, I'm going to give you the choice uh, uh, to, for which one you want me to start with. One about the greatest album cover of all time or one about a mystery meat contest? Your call.
5: Oh, they' uh, go mystery meat
1: <laughs> i'll start oh. with the mystery meat, so for the second year in a row, Pringles <laughs> oh. Pringles yeah. is launching a new competition, and I love the marketing people at Pringles for coming up with this. Um, you know it's a way to get people talking about Pringles, and you know if you're not in the mood for Pringles, but you feel like you have pretty sophisticated taste buds, you put could, could put yourself in the running for ten thousand dollars in cold, hard cash Ooh. so Starting Ooh. this week at Walgreens stores around the country. And by the way, I love that they partnered with Walgreens for this, a pharmacy, a place where conceivably people go after the doctor to get medicine to try to restore their health. <laughs> That's where Pringles is shoving cans of mystery meat Ew. onto the racks. And it is, it is enticing people to not only purchase, but eat. For $10,000. So a, a, a pharmacy, basically like a doctor adjacent place where we will be, will be uh, the host of this contest. You can go to your local Walgreens from now through August and you can buy a can of mystery flavor Pringles. Now, here's how it works. You buy a can of mystery flavor Pringles, you eat them and you go to a website and you start making your guesses as to what the Pringles flavor is. Now, It's a, it's kind of a blank slate and it's actually super, super hard. The only hint is there is sort of a hint this year because they, they, they let it, you know, go to like some food writers around the country first (laughs) to to kind of let them seed the, you know, get the public talking. And the consensus was a meat is involved in the flavor and possibly a cheese. Um, the, the now. So, so it's, there's some sort of meat involved in this mystery flavor, but, uh, the, the tough thing is like, these are super, super specific, right? So it's not just like, oh, this, this Pringles tastes like a hot dog. It's not going to be that easy or a chili dog or whatever. So some of the other flavors they have is sweet chili Tango, which I don't even know Tango. doesn't even seem like a flavor. That's a dance move, right?
4: That's a dance move.
1: Yeah. So it's very specific here. Confirmed. Uh, Jamaican jerk, uh, jalapeno bacon. Last year, any guesses? <laughs> any guesses to what the ten thousand dollars prize award-winning Pringle mystery flavor was <sighs> last man. year? That sparked a nation. meat related. Yeah, uh, uh, last year's was last year's was not necessarily meat related. Let me say Shrimp,
4: that. Shrimp, prawn, prawn nope. chips Ed- are good. Eddie? No.
1: no! All I can think of
5: is somebody a couple years ago sent us ketchup Lay's ketchup flavored Lay's, and they were magical. But I can't imagine that's what they used.
1: Ketchup potato
4: chips are actually good. I had them too. They sent them to
1: the studio. They were very magical chips. I was thinking about them. Here's a hint towards last year's. It's there's layers of complexity here.
4: Oh why?
5: Oh,
1: Cuban sandwich. Nope. Oh, I like
4: what you're doing. Um, (laughs) Layers of complexity. You you went Cuban sandwich. I'm going lasagna.
1: Cameron, what do you think last year's mystery flavor was? Enchilada. Enchilada. You guys are Cameron. You're actually the closest. It was seven layer dip last year. Dude, I think that's so good.
3: Seven layer dip
1: was the mystery meat. Yeah. I mean, somehow they pack seven layers of flavor into one chip. So you can go to your local. That's it's proof in those moments that there isn't a real ingredient
5: in that like there's just it's some powder that they're like all right that tastes like a bean a little more of that powder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the sour cream powder there's nothing mm-hmm. real in all of it like how is it
1: possible i like, have a theory that they just got a bunch of powders from all of these other insane flavors <laughs> and just yeah. jammed them all on one chip and be like we don't I have no idea what this tastes like but we'll pick right. the one that and if, has the best name at the end And of them, it's right?
5: all just suggestive so you read the bag you're like okay seven layer dip and then you bite it and you're like uh-huh i can taste it yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I can find give that.
1: Me, yeah. yeah. Give me some of the nacho tater tot powder. Some of the jalapeno <laughs> <laughs> tango. Uh, nacho tater uh, tot. Sweet, top. sweet nacho chili tater surprise. That's so yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah, uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. Let's get all the flavors and just stir them up and make a big stew. Yep. Um so, <laughs> so, 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 so that that uh, uh, genius marketing campaign is. is for one of the two for, okay. The second is about an interesting trend. So we're kind of, kind of coming out of an era of like the Bible movie. You know, we had like Rooney Mara on recently for the Mary Magdalene uh, uh, film. We've had kind of this run of interesting Bible based films, but the tide is, is turning a little from movies about, you know, based on Bible characters to movies based on Christian figures. Uh, so I, we oh. talked about on one of the Friday shows about how they're making a movie about Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and the rise and fall of Jim and, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. I can't Andrew wait Garfield, for this. Yeah. yeah. And Jessica Chastain. So uh, now a new uh, biopic about religious figures has been announced. It is in the work. And it's, it's a really great name, especially when you learn the context. This film will be called Satan is Real. The film, movie is called Satan is Real. I saw um, this. Which sounds like a, like a, one of those weird like horror movies that you just stumble on on Netflix, you know, like one yeah. of those straight to DVD. So Satan is real is actually the name of a classic gospel album by the Lovin Brothers. Um, now, uh, most people probably haven't heard the Satan is real by the Lovin Brothers, but it is the coolest album cover of all time. It okay. it depicts a giant, probably twenty foot Satan with a pitchfork standing in a pile of lava with two guys in white like. Colonel Sanders suits with their arms wide open scene. It was released in the 1950s. And so uh, these guys evidently had a pretty colorful past, but were known for their for their gospel music. So they're going to join Jim and Tammy Faye Baker as another religious figure biopic coming out uh, or in development right now. It's going to start Ethan Hawke. But. I wanted cool. to ask you guys, because I think I'm, I think these are great, interesting projects and I'm going to I'm going to see this one a little. If you had to have a movie about an a, a interesting contemporary religious figure, who would it be and who would it play? Cameron, I think personally, the ORU story, you know, the, the Richard and Oral Roberts rise and fall is is made. For a, a Hollywood, well, they kind of did that with the Carlton
3: Pearson movie last year that Ira Glass was producing.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean they they were a part of it, but it wasn't only about like I think one about their father and some relationship, and sort of like you know after he well, handed it off to Richard, and they well, had like Well, this,
3: even the the whole in the eighties when you know Earl was you know trapped himself in the tower saying yeah. God told him to raise eight million dollars before he could come down that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, they, yeah it's it, a lot of
3: crazy, a lot of crazy stories.
1: What? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I've never and it worked. worked. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. he at he, one time during a fundraising campaign locked himself in the prayer tower and said if he didn't raise eight million dollars for the end of the month, he felt like the Lord was going to call him home. Uh, and I've already cast. Oh, this, my gracious. Yeah, that is I've now, already cast wow. this. Wait, before we judge, did it work? Yeah, it, it worked. Work. Okay, you guys, I have an announcement to make. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The other, hey, the other interesting part about this, before Richard Roberts, like, took over as, as, like, a televengist, you know what his profession was? Cameron, you know.
3: Uh, He was a
1: Vegas lounge singer. Yep. When he was rebelling. Yeah. So you have these parallel stories, and I've already cast it, guys. Okay, you ready for this? Rich Oral Roberts, obviously, will be Daniel Day-Lewis in you know, the old man. Oh, yeah. He's retired. Get
4: him to unretire for this. Ooh, to come but out are, of are you going to get
1: Paul Thomas Anderson to write it? I mean, why not? Yes. You kind of yeah, have be to. Incredible. That's the only oh, way okay. we get Daniel Day on board. Yeah. You know, Uh you know, he likes those family generational dramas. There's kind of, a, there will be blood, you know, relationship dynamic there. Okay. Here's Richard guys. Hugh Jackman. Here's why he's a song and dance man. Slicking that hair back doing his, uh what was that? Uh, Horrible, dancing, singing movie that everyone liked?
4: You're the worst. there are (laughs)
1: several. No, you're the the worst. You're talking about the greatest showman. Exactly, exactly. Mine, okay, here's one more. Cameron, Heritage USA. Did you ever go there as a kid? Yeah. They had a water park, didn't they? Yeah, we talked about this like literally a week ago. Okay. This is a, like, this is like a high school summer camp movie. Like, What Hot American Summer, Adventureland, you know? Kind of the stereotypical... Except it's a lifeguard at Heritage USA. The workers, in the, in the,
3: the summer workers at Heritage USA. And so you see the lens of the whole Tammy Faye and all that, that empire, but through the lens of a kind of basically a youth group college kid who's exactly. just working. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Zach Efron in there. I mean, it's, it's perfect. Yes, <laughs> that's kind of the head, uh, you know, bad boy lifeguard. Like He's, he's too he's muscly. Kinda,
3: he's too muscly. He, um, I
1: wouldn't buy him as like a church guy. You know what I mean? He's too good to do you ca- I mean, if Jesse Eisenberg hadn't already done Adventureland, he's the kind of guy. You yeah, know. That's right. A that's little a little kind of nerdy, you know. Church,
5: not a church guy that does like P ninety X and is really like <laughs> ripped and all that, like that yeah. guy.
1: It needs yeah. to be someone who's plausibly currently homeschooled. You know? <laughs> yeah. <My laughs> I could, you know who'd be great <laughs> in this? <laughs> you know
5: who'd be great in this is
1: Jonah Hill. My gosh. Jonah Hill. Jonah Jonah Foulmouth Hill. Jonah Hill. Like I great. would watch him in this movie, but
5: old school Jonah Hill. Just let him really run wild.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just bring like in a Michael North Korea
4: Sarah. movie level. Jonah Hill.
1: Yeah. No, don't like, yeah.
5: like, like, the high
1: school one. What was that? Yeah. Like yeah super super bad. bad. You know, super let's bad. just bring Michael Sarah Real and selfie. Jonah Hill back together for a yeah. movie where they're lifeguards at heritage USA. I would totally, everyone would see it. It's great. It's got multiple layers. It's a seven layered Pringle of, of layers and flavors. I'm totally in for it. Eddie, what is your idea for this? Well, and I think there's one, obviously,
5: the story of DC Talk, which... There's there's something still that we uncovered, and we spent probably three years on the show talking about what happened. The fact In that they have not officially yeah. broken up, but they don't do music, yet they all care about each other. There is a story there that has yet to be uncovered. Um, I don't know who would play it. Obviously, I would probably be asked to play Kevin by Kevin, personal <laughs> friend. Though Then the second one is, I would say, uh, the Holy Land Experience a comedy about the Holy land experience, the theme park in Orlando. We've talked about this, about the theme park in Orlando and like, how it happens like the I feel like it's a uh, Christopher Guest movie with oh, the yeah. backstage of like oh, all of them coming oh, out I of character and like Jesus is just like super frustrated because like there was supposed to be water out there that he's supposed to change into wine and there wasn't and he's just having a tirade like that's a so funny a Christopher
3: movie for Guest movie <laughs> about the Holy Land experience I'm down with that like the workers uh, that, from the Holy Land that's experience? a funny movie I would see that I,
1: I have a different idea for your Holy Land one okay okay we need we need to. John C. Riley and Will Ferrell struck out in that Watson and Holmes movie. We need <laughs> another did. vehicle for them to, and and it's gonna have to be it's gonna be it's a hard R like Step Brothers. But oh, yeah. they are two reenactors at the Holy Land, and things yes. get wild. I would watch. Yes. I would watch John C. Riley and Will Ferrell play Holy Land employees. I mean, oh, these are oh, all yeah. gold ideas. You know? Yeah. The, yeah. With it, a Mark Wahlberg coming in
5: there every once in a while to do a little <laughs> bit of his thing.
3: You know, they're all like, other than DC Talk, they're all
5: touching on the televangelist era
3: of, of Christianity. That's interesting.
5: Yeah, It's it's as if there's something very comedic about it
3: or, <laughs> or,
1: or
5: strange that's well, to be HBO, uncovered.
1: HBO is making that show, um, The Righteous Gemstones which uh, stars Danny McBride as the heir apparent oh. to, like, a televangelism empire. Oh, I, I mean I mean, the whole world <laughs> is ripe for comedy. I just, what has taken so long is the question. Like, there hasn't been a great televangelism movie since that, like, it wasn't uh, Steve Martin in one back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay.
5: Keeping the Faith?
1: No, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah, but that wasn't, was. that wasn't just straight up. It, it wasn't tele- it was more
3: like the tent revival thing and yeah. it was yeah. just a weird yeah. mixture. They took all these like religious yeah. stereotypes and put it in a blender and somebody who had never experienced it or seen it for themselves wrote this movie. Yeah. Was, well, and it was like
5: 50 right. 60s country preacher kind yeah. of thing, I guess right. in a modern setting, but they they really need to do like the. They need to get right into the mid nineties. There needs to be four Tauruses <laughs> driving down the street. <laughs> right. You know, like it's got to be a nineties Nineteen eighty six and
3: nineteen ninety four is the prime time of of what we I love it. Yeah, dude,
1: awesome.
5: that Oral Roberts though—that's a heck of an idea. That him being—I st- mean, you can see the opening shot of the movie is him in the bell tower. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. like yeah.
5: just could sitting there. I see it being
3: like a serious movie, like not yeah. a spoof, not a joke, but like oh, right. like dramatic and. Like you, it humanizes this, you know, controversial figure and like, yeah. I can see it being really compelling.
4: Yeah. I also think this, we should also mention that there are some women that could be in movies because we haven't done that yet. So maybe like a Joyce. Well, Jan
3: Crouch would clearly be in the Holy Land Experience one. Yeah. If we did
4: a Joyce Meyer one, we could do Meryl Streep as Joyce Meyer. Can you imagine? That's a
1: good, that's a D. fantastic call. Right. Uh, maybe uh, like a little Devil Wears
4: Prada feel. I don't know. But
1: what's the crazy story of Joyce Meyer? Like all these
4: were
3: like crazy people who went away.
4: You know, she got kicked out of a church. I mean, she has an insane story.
5: I will say to the credit of women, I think there may not just be as many completely horrific females in history as men who have just completely bulldozed over, you know, everything. So I'm saying it may not have been
1: because we're awful. It may have been because Uh, we're awful.
4: I was not saying you were awful. That's what I heard. Annie,
1: Annie, I totally see and understand your point. Uh, but yeah, in the in the world of televangelists, m- very m- much less fewer women have humiliated themselves and created a bad name for the church <laughs> than men have. So we
4: just haven't been given the leadership or the time. Just give us leadership yeah. and give us time, and we'll do it too. Well, I have,
1: have, feel, done I a, have a feeling of a job with it. women would handle it much better than men have. To yeah, work. you think? Like, to their credit, yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't think there would be as many horrific comedies uh, uh, coming from it if if more women were in positions of Leadership and influence, as (laughs) as men have butchered over the last 30 years. Oh, we could do a movie about Amy Grant and how I met her one time. Oh, yeah, you you could do a cameo. Uh, Yeah. (laughs)
5: But we do it through the lens of Eddie, young Eddie, like aspiring to meet her one day. Yeah. 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 And I don't even know who's going to play me now. I was supposed to be played by John C. Riley, and now I don't know who could possibly do it now. (laughs) Kevin Max. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, wow. That's a a great
4: idea. You know, wow. I, got Thanks, the, I got
5: heckled off.
1: I got heckled off the stage one time at a Christian cruise on open night, Mike night, doing stand up by a woman named Geraldine and her and her dummy named Ricky. And by I mean dummy, I don't mean a sidekick. I mean she was a ventriloquist. Uh, so I would watch the I would watch the Geraldine and Ricky story. Mm, Absolutely. Okay. And I'm pretty. You know, I did uh, back in the day. I list a listicle of like the craziest Christian album covers of all time. There were like four women with. Women ventriloquists on there. That was a big genre <laughs> back in the day. Female ventriloquist gospel albums. And the great, yeah, you know, the charming sure. thing about them, the charming no. thing about them is the woman would sing a voice and then the, the, the dummy would sing a, a verse. And impressively, when they perform it live her lips aren't moving, you know, it is quite the show, quite the show does not translate <laughs> on vinyl. Like most people consume then. It. it just sounded like terrible mousy singing when the dummy was singing. <laughs> right. But right. still still an interesting novelty. All right. What do you have, Eddie? I mean, I, I, who knows at this point? <laughs>
5: <laughs> so um, the Muppets Sesame Street. Um, I I love that they are, you know, they're taking they take their responsibility of educating children very yeah. seriously. And they have introduced a new character uh, and her name is Carly, and Carly is a friend of Elmo's. And Carly, I don't know how to describe her, but she has green fur. She's I guess green. I do know how to describe her. Yeah, she's green. Yeah, she has green fur and little spiky yellow hair, and she looks like a Muppet with her yeah, little wh- sweet wh- ping pong wh- eyes. What
1: do you mean? You know, all all Muppets look the same. She's different color. She looks like <laughs> yeah, a green Muppet. Yeah, that's a Muppet. great
5: point. She looks like a Muppet with know green fur this and yellow one. hair. Imagine
1: like Elmo or literally <laughs> any other Muppet. Green. (laughs) Um, Pretty accurate, actually. So, in a video of (laughs) Carly.
5: Carly's episode is coming up, but in a video of Carly, Carly's foster mom explains to Elmo that Carly's mom, the biological mother, is having a hard time, and that they will keep her safe until the mom can take care of her again. And so, what uh, Sesame Street is doing is in honor of May, which is National Foster Care Month in the United States. They have brought in a character that has foster that that is in foster care to teach Elmo and to teach kids about. Kids in foster care, which is really interesting because Mm -hmm. my daughters are just learning about it because they go to public school and they hear kids stories and they chat about it and uh, almost every single day. I mean, you know, Cameron, you must have this as well, like they get in the car having been exposed to something new in the world and they have questions about it and um i I just appreciate Sesame Street because they are bringing in they are bringing in a new character, Carly, and also Carly happens to be really funny and fun, so it's not just this like terribly yeah. sad story they also did for what it's worth in two thousand i think it was two thousand and eleven they brought in a character um named Lily, and Lily was homeless, and so they were able to explain homelessness through the character of
1: Lily yeah um what a special
4: show. I
5: love
1: it. Listen, it is so I, magical. Uh, another underrepresented group that could be uh, immortalized <sighs> oh by Muppets. And that I is just... weird televangelism couples from the 90s. Uh, oh, yeah. They, I could see it. It would be very easy to make the, the eye shadow. I mean, they're basically a lot of them already dressed like human Muppets anyway. So these would be very easily translatable to the Sesame Street show. Yeah. And they would really tease up maybe some sort of cross promo for these films we're working on because, like I said, they basically dress like Muppets as it is. So (laughs) (laughs) it really is. So I was one of
4: our um, one of the churches, one of the big churches here in Nashville that's actually just did because it's Foster Care Month, talked about it on Sunday and really challenged their congregation. They were like. 70% 70% of the kids in our county are fostered outside of our can- county because there aren't enough foster families. Let's yeah. step up and and let's be the church and start fostering. I mean, like it was a really cool. I, I It's not my church, but I read about it and I thought, man, that is yeah. really to see the church step in as well and go, yeah, we can do this. This is hard work, yeah. but we can do this and we yeah. can we can help the kids that are our neighbors.
5: Yeah, there are 440,000 kids in the foster care system in the United States. So that is almost a half a million kids that do not have a place to you know that that they can call home and so it is just a really incredible thing that like there must be foster parents listening and they are legit like legit heroes like the greatest people on earth and uh yeah and also
4: there's probably people thinking about fostering listening and hear us say yes
5: yes it is an incredible thing those kids all right what do you have Annie?
4: well let's just keep it um light and breezy and let's talk about engagement rings you guys it's springtime everybody's falling in love and getting engaged um i bring to you a slice that millennials actually two-thirds of generation z and young millennials think an engagement ring should cost less than twenty five hundred dollars the average engagement ring cost five thousand six hundred and eighty dollars yes And so the, our, the generations coming up behind us, the younger millennials, Generation Z are all kind of going like, hey, I don't need a ring that costs almost $6,000. Let's go less than half of that. And four out of 10 millennial couples are planning on paying for their own wedding.
5: Wow. Yeah, I could see that. That's
1: awesome. Good for them.
4: Yeah, yeah I think so too. It,
1: the, that, the, like, the super expensive engagement ring thing has always struck me as, as interesting because like, well, one, it's like, I, it's symbolically, obviously, is, 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 you know, is very important, but it's also like conspicuous consumption. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. at the surface level, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, this this is something that has no utility. Right. It doesn't do anything. It's just something I wear to that. That looks fancy. Kind of a status uh, symbol. Yeah, to exactly.
4: Si- to symbolize an excellent Love. bond yeah. and commitment. Yeah.
1: But, but yeah. can't, can't you, but, 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 but my point is like, it doesn't just symbolize no, a Annie. bond and commitment. It also symbolizes wealth, right? Yes. Like in status, yeah. like what's the, oh, like, sure. yeah, like, can't you symbolize do. wealth and eternal love with like, uh, you know, an $800 ring versus like a $5,000, like does it and make if any, lo- if anybody thinks a
5: $5,000 ring like somehow equates to m- more commitment than a 200 500 you know thousand dollar ring just does not understand what the real commitment's going to hey, look like that buying is such a, a strong ring,
4: statement to make buying a, a ring bought rings
5: well if you like a ring and you want a ring and you have money that's great but to think that it's at all correlated like to the quality of marriage is like not
1: even a possibility what's your opinion about this trend i'm very interested
4: I am the only one here who hasn't participated in buying or receiving an engagement ring. Yes, and so I would say I, I agree. I don't. I, when I get engaged, I am not looking at the size of the ring to determine the yes or the no in the story. Yeah, but I. So no, I, I'm with. I'm in this exact same camp of like, no, there isn't like a number you need to have spent. You know, there is some. What's the old saying that's supposed to be? Three months of the guy's salary. What or, was the
5: Michael Scott
1: thing that Michael he messed Scott's up? Listen, <laughs> I paid three years' salary for that. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Michael Scott, a, 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 a for, you know, great with his personal finance. Yeah.
4: yeah. The thing that isn't outlined in this article that I'd be interested to hear y'all's take on is does this is this affected by or has this stat been affected by people getting married a little bit older than they did twenty years ago? Is that why yeah. more people feel like they independently are going to pay for their wedding? Is that why they don't want to spend money on an engagement ring? Is that, is that a it's factor here?
5: funny because the engagement ring doesn't make as much sense to me because I I bought a ring that was very appropriately priced for a 24 and 23-year-old who had just gotten out of grad school and had zero money. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, that wasn't irresponsible, but that was also the most expensive thing I've ever bought. Like, um, But now I look at it, I'm like, I think... I think I could have maybe done like if I was like doing this now, I would have spent more money, but the paying for the wedding thing. So to me, I feel like as you would get older, you would pay more money for the ring, but the getting older thing explains the paying for your own wedding. Cause it does feel like maybe they're just let, you know, like they're kind of just fully done with the exchange of money between their parents.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're getting married at 30, it's weird that now mom and dad are paying for your wedding. That's Yeah. Well, I'll
4: tell you, I'm going to get married after 30 and my parents have always said that they would offer to help pay or whatever and paid to have saved up. And I think it'll be an interesting conversation of like, I'm almost 40 or I am 40, depending on when I get married. And y'all, this is way past when you thought this was going to be part of what you were going to do. You know, like, I think it will be a conversation that maybe wouldn't have happened 20 years ago.
5: That being said, having two daughters, if they get married if they decide that's something they want to do if they ever do get married i would be proud to be able to support for sure their significant other even if it's not in traditional ways like hey i'll send you on honeymoon i just feel proud about it but i don't think they need it and and if they don't want it i'll gladly swallow my pride and
1: just you know be yeah my dad will be
4: yeah my dad will be very happy to be a part of paying for my wedding
1: but but, yeah. but I, I do think the trend is probably indicative of like, you, you know, like the whole like arrested development phenomenon, you know, of yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, you know, to some degree there's there are, you know, millennials who aren't moving out of their parents' homes till like later in life. Like, I don't think that's because of like expensive wedding rings, but I think like pre- expectations projected on this generation. By previous and Generation Z projected onto them by previous generations, like, well, Mm -hmm. here's the expectations: you got to have a wedding that costs thousands, you know, and and you got to buy a ring that costs this, and you got to have this and that and this, or else you're not ready to move on. And it's like, well, some of those just aren't the financial realities anymore, you know, like it's uh, like you know, our a lot of our parents' generation didn't weren't saddled with you know six figures of student debt. Yeah, you know, right. and it's yeah. it it wasn't as impractical to to purchase a you know five thousand dollar diamond. As well, it is, but you
3: know. but if you go back to that marketing campaign, De Beers in the eighties and nineties that said that you should spend three months of your salary on an engagement ring. If you look at that, I mean, in let's say six thousand dollars right now, that's it's somebody making twenty four thousand dollars a year that is absolutely insane that that industry would have suggested that if you look at the number now 5800 whatever you said and and everybody's waiting later and let's say let's say you know when you're in your 30s and you're getting married now maybe you're making $50,000 a year if you're going to spend 5700 that's like one month salary that's 10% yeah, right. so it's actually more like <laughs> economical it's more you yeah. know like all the things that we're saying from a value standpoint You know, it's just like the sticker shock of that huge, you know, whatever. But I mean, if it's proportionally less of your salary because you're older now and earning more, I mean, it's better than spending it when you're making 24 grand.
1: I would rather receive something that is actually usable. If someone's like, listen, (laughs) like if like, obviously I, I was on the other side of this, but if but if but if it was like socially normal for the woman to give the guy a piece of jewelry, Right. And, or they could buy like a jet ski of the equivalent value. I'd be like, yes, we'll get married. Thank you for the jet ski. This is awesome. What a gift. <laughs> what a gift. 100%. <laughs> women <a> gift. should <laughs> propose with jet skis. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm saying if, if women propose to men Jizzy. for an item that's going to cost thousands of dollars, I don't get need something. Jet I can just, ski. I can, yeah. I don't need, or, or, or right, if I have to like choose a segue. Like a yes. Segway. I'm just saying some kind of motorized vehicle that costs jewelry the equivalent. and a
5: cool dune buggy. I choose the dune buggy all day long.
1: <laughs> this this dune buggy will be the symbol of our eternal love. And it's like, yes, yes,
5: it will. Yes, yes it will. And I do it, love you. You do know me.
1: <laughs> you truly understand
5: me. <laughs> You're the only person that's ever gotten me. <laughs>
3: all right. Don't do it for sizes. stay tuned. Up next, the Japanese house joins us.
1: And the storm. Of so mine I'll bear with this. Anybody with a word
2: in mind never forgive a sight. We get snakes inside a place you thought was dignified. I don't want live like this, but I don't wanna die.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to the show today. If you like the Relevant Podcast, make sure to check out our other podcasts. Uh, we have Relevant Daily every weekday. It's about 10 minutes long, and it brings you the stories you need to know at the intersection of faith and culture. It's kind of the most trending stories that we're covering each day at Relevant. Check it out. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Also, my long-form uh, conversation podcast called Unedited with Cameron Strang is out. Uh, this week, uh, we have this unbelievable conversation with Joel Houston from Hillsong United. You definitely don't want to miss that. So go check out Unedited and Relevant Daily.
2: Beneath these velvet gloves I had shameful crooked ends of money lender Cause I still remember
3: You're listening to Vampire Weekend. The song is Harmony Hall. It's their new single. And it would have made a lot more sense for me to probably play the Japanese House track in that break. But, oh well. Amber Bain is a songwriter and artist who performs under the name Japanese House. Uh, she's drawn critical acclaim for her debut album, Good at Falling incredible. In a conversation with our very own Tyler Huckabee, she opened up about a dark period in her life that led to the creation of the album, the personal realizations she had along the way, and how songwriting has ended up being a form of therapy for her. It's a great album and an emotionally honest interview. Tell us about it, Tyler.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you guys know I'm a big Japanese house fan. So I was really looking forward to this conversation and it didn't disappoint. Uh, I was super pumped that, that Amber was, was willing to talk to me kind of about the circumstances that led to this, uh, this album. As she was, as we were talking, she talked about, uh, she referenced a, a dark period in her life that was involved in the creation of this. So I asked her to delve into that a little more specifically. And this is what she said about that.
2: It's all about relationships, whether that's my relationship with someone else or my relationship with myself. And as I was writing the album, it's a time where my relationship with myself completely changed, like, or at least I acknowledged that I had to change it. Well, I seemed like I recognized that I actually probably hated myself quite a lot. Um, like there's a song called Everybody Hates Me on the album which when I originally wrote was like, oh, it's basically like a hangover anthem because it's the feelings that you feel when you're hungover. Um, like you wake up and, well, that's how I feel pretty much every day, be like, oh, I've ruined my life and everyone hates me. Like I'm just pieces of crap. But actually like, everyone didn't hate me. I hated me. Um, and yeah, that song's still very much about my relationship with alcohol in a way. But actually, it's more of a commentary on how I feel about myself, like I was doing, I was making myself feel like that every day.
1: Is such a powerful admission from her to not only talk about a struggle with you know self-image and self-hatred but about how it's kind of self-perpetuating because of her relationship with a you know ultimately like a substance abuse that that that's got to be kind of a difficult conversation to have from your perspective tyler
0: well i was surprised because a lot of times uh People who, who struggle with, with alcohol or substance abuse will, will sort of dance around it in these interviews. But but Amber was very, very open about the the complications that she's had, the, the, the complicating relationship she has with alcohol and the ways that she's trying to address that and the way that she's she's been trying to overcome it. And so a question that I had for her was whether or not being as honest and as vulnerable as she was on this new album on, on good at falling was actually helpful. Like, was this a something that helped her get into that struggle and maybe find a way through it? And here's how she answered that question.
2: I think when I first write, like I don't feel the initial effect of writing songs being therapeutic. Like I don't feel that at all, but I think there must be some, Positive effect in the long run after having expressed something, like because I'm very good at like squashing. Actually, am oh I good at squashing my emotions? But no, I am. I, like I, I don't like to deal with things head on very often. Um, when they're when they're particularly painful, I don't like to confront issues. So I guess there is something positive about writing a song and like confronting it. But like I don't enjoy the process and I don't feel good afterwards. I guess it's like. Like, when I go to therapy, I don't feel, like, catharsis or any sort of release afterwards. Like, I feel worse. But I guess it's like when, you, when you're exercising, you're, like, after you, you start exercising for the first time in ages again, like, your body hurts and, like, everything hurts afterwards. But, like, in the long run, you know you're doing good for yourself. That's the only way I can sort of describe it.
0: I think I've definitely had that I've had that experience with therapy and counseling a number of times where you go in hoping that this is going to help you feel a little better but it ends up when you leave because of all the the excavation you've done on your emotional health and your mental health you end up feeling worse and, and so I'm I, I admire her for being as, as honest again as she was about this this idea that writing about these things uh, it'd be easy for her to say like yeah this helps me process what I'm going through but in actuality at least initially it doesn't.
1: It's it been, actually does the opposite. That's
3: been my experience with exercise as well. <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> that's I, why I don't. I just, yeah,
1: just avoid it entirely. I squash my physical need for making my body healthy. I <laughs> squash it. You know, I just eat cheeseburgers. For <laughs> pie. No, but I do feel like that's honestly for a lot of people like a really healthy way to look at mental and emo- emotional health issues, whether it's something like addiction or self-image. To, to, you know, it's like it's like we've kind of, you know, I've heard I think Jamie made the analogy recently in a conversation you were having with him, Cameron, where it's like, look, if you, um, you know, break your arm, you're fine going to the doctor. If something isn't feeling right mentally or emotionally, you should be able to seek treatment for that and for her to kind of associate therapy with a hard workout I think is something is a very healthy way to approach that topic.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I I think it was interesting because what I what I told her then is that I feel like whether or not it's been it's been helpful for her. There's definitely a lot of examples of people who listen to music like this and it helps them because uh, even if it's not necessarily therapeutic for you to excavate these feelings on paper in a studio, it's definitely helpful to hear them and, and to know that in some ways, you're not alone. The other people out there are struggling with these same issues. And when I told her that, this is how she responded.
2: I'm glad that people that you feel that way. That makes me happy. <laughs> but um, and I guess it, say, it works the other way around too. Because when anyone likes my songs or comes up to me and says like, "Oh, this," I feel that you know, like it's working the same way for me. Like I'm like, "Oh, there's other people that feel that, you know, that haven't figured it out." And I guess yeah, that maybe that's a way in which writing. The therapeutic as other people's reactions to it make me feel better
0: about my life. <laughs> um, so I thought that was a nice, uh, it was it was a positive, full of kind of a one eighty there for her to realize that there is something, something useful sometimes at least about recognizing that that other people listening to her music means she's not alone too. And uh, I think it's a really powerful album. I've been listening to a, a lot since it came out, and I'd encourage you all to go check it out. Yeah. It's good at falling Very from cool. the Japanese house
3: There you go. And also, there's a feature on the Japanese house in the new issue of Relevant if you want to go even more in depth uh, uh, in that conversation. So, check it out. It's on uh, newsstands Nationwide, and also you can view it at relevantmagazine.com. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, fam. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. Sing to Local Natives. The song is When Am I Gonna Lose You? Well, last week we asked you to tell us about your youth group or mission trip stories gone wrong. Uh, we got talking about uh, street evangelism that maybe didn't land the way that the uh, people might have thought. And some things went a little left. And we thought, well, we if you grew up in the church, you probably went out on missions and outreaches and stuff. And uh, we want to know your stories. Here are
1: a few of our favorites. <laughs> I like the spirit of Allison's old youth leader. Like I I like where his head is at. Uh, I think he just (laughs) overestimated his youth group goers. Because he said his high school youth group leader decided to have a youth group meet on Friday nights. So it's typically Wednesday nights. When I was growing up, that was the standard. But this youth leader wanted to, to reach the community. So he's gonna have the youth group meet on Friday nights in the middle of downtown. And by this I mean the office space that is essentially between two bars. The idea that it would draw kids in who wouldn't be interested in a church group. That's exactly what people out on a Friday night bar hopping are are doing is wandering into random old office spaces to see if people are praying in there. Like <laughs> it's it's misguided from the get go. Uh I think this youth And pastor, if it's
3: if it's it's youth group, I mean The people going to bars would be age inappropriate to join. Your service, right. What are they going to come
1: right. and confess? I think my theory here is Allison's youth leader likes to go out on Friday night and just saved him the drive after church. Like, he's like, <laughs> all right, kids, great tonight. <laughs> and he's, you know, party time, you know, he's, you know, time to pregame and, you know, while you got parents come to pick you up. Okay. He said this mission was accomplished, but an, unant- an unanticipated consequence. So I guess, I guess some, pe- some non-church kids were wandering into this office space, uh, but the unintended consequences included church kids enjoying restricted Unrestricted access to drugs, alcohol, and more than one of us climbing out the window to get on the deck of a very popular bar next door. My sister and husband are now the youth pastors of the same church, and we still shake our heads wondering how anybody thought this was a good idea. Needless to say, they're back to meeting at the church. I mean, good. I I, Beautiful. I, wish my youth group was that cool. Like that would have been a lot of fun. I would have easily, I would have jumped over rooftops to get to the 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 balcony of a of establishment next door to get out of you know.
3: Kim's whatever. youth leader sounds like if Jesse was a youth leader. It said Kim said our youth leader just sent us to McDonald's instead of doing Sunday school.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Like at what point did that guy just stop caring? You know,
4: All right. Yeah. Um. This one's from Emily. This is unbelievable. Per- and I believe,
5: I, Annie, it speaks to your point from earlier that we tried to make. So, yeah, you read this how awesome guys are.
4: Oh, no, stop. <laughs> Not that, Emily. I'm going for another oh. Emily.
5: Oh, I'm going to read the other one. You go. <laughs>
4: um, this Emily says, I was once at a community dinner where a group of short-term missionaries told a Native American community, we wouldn't be eating dinner until people accepted Jesus. Oh. <laughs> my native neighbors sitting around me started snickering and poking their friends saying, raise your hand. Oh, oh what, a, what
1: a generous reply. But, I was going right. to say, it is the very yeah. definition of manipulation. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I mean, what a terrible, terrible, what
4: idea. A terrible thing. Ugh, but, that's horrible. So
5: the other Emily uh, who I just uh, I think really encapsulates a lot said <laughs> I was a missionary that hosted short term missions. I had white men lead trips and five minutes after they would show up and say, I know what you need. And I had lived in my community <laughs> for three plus years. But this brand new man clearly knew what I needed. And I would just like to say that's why the movies get made about white guys, not Emily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not
1: Emily. mansplaining white dude missionaries. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, yes. hey, Emily, yeah. thank you by the way for your mission work and your careful approach. That doesn't involve a, a, a dude just assuming that this uh, this community oh, yeah. would like to see a mimed presentation of a fist fight between. Jesus and the devil, which I feel like that <laughs> that was like 90% of evangelical churches' strategy for winning over people who probably already knew about Jesus was right. to simply just mime a matrix fight with one guy in a black t-shirt and one guy with the white t-shirt. You guys can figure just incredible. out the, the, the details are really immaterial there. <laughs> all right that'll do it for your feedback there's a lot more where that came from go check it out
3: okay it's time for this week's
5: editorial question of the week
3: well this one's kind of obvious uh, earlier in the show we got talking about christian figure biopics and we want to know who you want to see um uh jesse brought a few ideas but i think there's a lot more that is uh Possible as well.
1: Sadly, there are very, <laughs> <lot> very more. <laughs> hilarious comedies in there. Hit us up
3: on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer Christian figure biopic ideas on the podcast episode page at RelevantMagazine.com. Well, many thanks to Samaritan Ministries for making the show possible. If you want to learn more about how you can be a part of this ministry helping each other with health care, visit org slash relevant. Also, thanks to the Japanese House for joining us uh, their new album Good at Falling is out now and you can follow them on Twitter at Japanese House well on that note we'll wrap things up I'm Cameron Strang I'm Chandler String I'm Jesse Carey I'm Eddie Koffeltz
4: and I'm Annie F. Downs
3: we will see you on Friday have a good week everyone
4: and I think I'm
2: dying. Cause this can't be should I be searching for some kind of meaning
1: even though I know that it's up there. And every time I try to figure it out, you're the only thing I can think about. And a dummy named Ricky. And by I mean dummy, I don't mean a sidekick. I mean she was a ventriloquist.
5: Relevant Podcast Network.